welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm your host, Casey Schuler, mom, personal trainer, and Bible study author. And I'm here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hey, Joyful Health friends. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am really excited to talk to Ellie Butler. Welcome, Ellie, to the show. Hi, Casey. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for for coming and joining me. I am really excited because I was just telling Ellie that we've had, whenever we do a whole season of the podcast, we send out a survey and asking, hey, what would you like to hear in the next season of the podcast? And we've had requests every single time for an episode or more content on diabetes and how to manage diabetes um, from a place of grace and not with rigid, strict, um, dieting, or how does that really work? Because people want to be healthy and they, and they want to be able to manage that condition well from a place of stewardship and a place of honoring God with their bodies. And so, um, with all of the information out there and, and a lot of the shame too, that comes with it and, and just misinformation and not really knowing, um, how to move forward. I know that you are such a great person for this because I've heard a little bit um, of your story and I'm excited to get into this and really the, the main theme of our season is to explore freedom. And that is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And if the son has set you free, then you are free indeed. So how can we practically live that out? Um, what of what God has already declared in our spirit? How can we live that out through our body, um, allowing him to continually transform our mind and renew our hearts? So, um, a little bit more about Ellie. She is 26 years old. She lives in Columbia, South Carolina, which is really only an hour from me. So we should meet up sometime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she lives with her husband. Um, Cagney, is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. You got okay. It. Perfect. Cagney and then their dog Birdie and cat Gracie. She is a registered nurse with a bachelor's of science in nursing from Charleston Southern University, and she holds a health coach training certificate from the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. She currently works as a school nurse at Dent Middle School, and she is growing her own coaching business called Made Well Health Coaching. So I'm going to get to ask you a little bit more about that at the end too. And she just wants to share that she's continued to be blown away by God's grace and mercy toward her. And so we um, really, our prayer before this episode was just that God would be glorified in our, in our conversations. He would be praised and that we would be able to step aside and, and self-surrender and for, from a step aside from self-centeredness to being spirit surrendered. And so, um, I really believe that, that this conversation is going to, um, it's going to really lift him up today. So, all right, Ellie, tell us a little bit more about your background and kind of why is, um, why is diabetes a part of your story now and how has God started bringing faith into the mix there? Yeah. So, um, it really starts when I um, began uh, pursuing nursing. So high school had real love for anatomy and physiology. I thought the body was really fascinating, just the way that God um, uniquely created us and gifted us with um, so many abilities. Uh, immune system comes to mind and, um, you know, breast milk for mother's baby, different things like that. I just think are really fascinating. Um, so it definitely... Um, that's what sparked my interest in the human body. And then just 
knowing that it is broken a lot of the times. Um, and I definitely saw that, um, in myself. Um, I, um, was broken in different ways in that I struggled with anxiety a lot in high school and always wanted to, um, it was always related to things that I couldn't control. Right. So, uh, which is funny that I went into nursing because that is like one of the most, um, job, the, one of the jobs where you really can't control anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the long run. So, um, went to Charleston Southern away from a lot of familiarity and I met my husband, um, Cagney there and, um, Cagney is a type one diabetic, um, and has been since he was six years old. So, um, we actually met in nursing school. He's also a nurse. Um, and he currently does pediatric diabetes education, um, which that in itself is a very unique and really neat story. Um, Cagney's just really good at what he does. It's really cool how God has gifted him, um, with that. Um, and yeah. And so, uh, I, my first job out of college was at a, on a med surge floor. Um, it was medical telemetry. So we had really every kind of patient that you can imagine. Um, a lot of them were diabetics. Um, and we had kidney patients, cancer patients, heart patients. Um, we had alcoholics, we had mental health. We, I mean, we had it all. Um, and that was for sure a stressful, um, environment. I really didn't love it. That's not really where I, my heart was in nursing for sure. Um, and then, uh, about five months after I started there, um, COVID hit. And so that in itself was a really different experience. Um, there were, um, definitely patients that I was very ill-equipped, um, training wise to handle, but there was nobody or nowhere else for them to go. Um, so, you know, it was really hard dealing with um, a lot of patients dying. And, um, and really I was also seeing a lot of people that um, could have been, been better, could have been cared for better, but they, no one had ever um, been able to give them the time um, to really teach them how their illness works or um, teach them how, you know, they could, um, live, um, with their illness. And so it just became a sort of ignoring of, of the illness. Um, so, um, there was that. And then there's the personal side of it too, where, um, just navigating intermarriage Cagney and I got married in 2021. So almost, so what is that? Two years, two and a half, two and a half years. (laughs) Um, and so, um, that, um, was different. And even just dating him, you know, I had no idea how, um, it's one thing when you're a nurse and you're trained the right way to do, to handle care for a patient. And it's another thing to see it lived out. Um, it's definitely, um, it impacts so much more than I was anticipating. Um, and, just navigating all the details of it. Um, it's very time consuming for sure. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, now I'm working as a middle school nurse, which I love. Um, middle schoolers are really hilarious and they keep me on my toes, (laughs) but, um, it's the same thing with them, um, trying to help them navigate, you know, their illnesses and, and still seeing a lot in the healthcare system of where it's hard to, um, it's hard to get, people, the education that they need and hard to help them navigate 
their illness in their day-to-day lives. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, <laughs> I graduated, graduated with a degree in health promotion and behavior and even the the spaces where I could get a job educating people about health were pretty sparse and mm-hmm. not well-defined. And so I was like, I don't really know how to do this. <laughs> how yeah. can, you know, because I wanted to be able to do that, but there really is not that infrastructure set up and still is not very much (laughs) set up and especially it's not covered under insurance most of the time. And so, you know, there's lack of accessibility, um, or even awareness around that kind of service. And, but, you know, to see that we have a heart for that just reflects God's heart and that too. And so, um, tell us more about how God came into the picture as far as connecting, um, faith in the body and how that kind of worked for you and and turn things around with your mindset. Yeah. So it's funny because I really, you know, I've been a Christian since I was sixth grade. I grew up in a Christian home and for some reason, my brain never connected physical health with, um, with my relationship with God and, um, joyful health co was really one of the first places that I was like, Oh yeah, these things are totally connected. Why did I never think of this before? Um, and really it's just the Holy spirit and his timing for sure. Um, but I would say, so really after, um, working in the hospital, um, I was in a really bad place. Um, really anxious all the time. Um, was really having a hard time with just seeing the realities of medical care. And I think I went into it pretty starry eyed and wanting to, you know, fix everybody and help Mm. my patients and be able to teach them how to do the things the right way. And the reality was in my time and, and I had a great team of people that I worked with and, you know, there's a lot of good things about it. Um, but the system is broken. And especially during COVID times, it was impossible really to do the things that were demanded of me um, as a nurse to help my patients and to um, not only just to keep them safe, but also to help them figure out how to navigate what they're going through, um, both emotionally and practically, like what does this look like for my everyday life? Um, So it, it started with um, kind of that rock bottom place at, after that job, I would say. And, um, I was really, I stumbled upon the, the verse in, in, or the story in Mark about the woman who had the, um, the bleeding issue. It was Mark five, um, starting in verse 25. Um, and just the first couple of verses, sound yeah, like just all of like, my patients you want to read that out I'd, do you have that in front I'd of love you? to yeah okay, that's okay. Yeah. um so mark 5 25 um and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse and I just reading that I was like I can think of like 10 people right now mm-hmm. that I've seen in the hospital who sound mm-hmm. like that woman and just how often we I mean, as a society strive for just, I feel like health is one of those sneaky things that we seek after that can become, um, almost more important than the Lord sometimes. Um, 
And, and it's hard if you don't know the Lord, certainly, but it can be one of those things that you strive after. And it's just that empty hole, um, that never quite gets filled. But anyway, so that, that piece, um, it's like, wow, that sounds like so many people. Um, and then it says, she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you. And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Um, I just love that story. And I was looking into that word, um, the Greek word that they use for um, made you well. Um, and it's the word sozo. And it means both um, physical healing, um, protection from safety, healing from suffering, um, which clearly is where this woman was and God met her there. Um, but more importantly, it means salvation. And I think, um, that was kind of a wake up for me was like, because God doesn't promise that we will be healed physically. Um, there's other places in the context of the whole Bible where we see that God doesn't always choose, um, to heal. Um, think about Paul and the thorn in his side. Um, even Jesus suffered greatly physically on the cross, you know? Um, but, um, we are promised, you know, if we, if we ask salvation, you know, mm -hmm. and that, um, promises us eternal life in heaven and a redeemed body. Um, and I think about, some of my patients and I think about Cagney and I'm like, you know, one day Cagney won't have diabetes. You mm -hmm. know, I know that he um, knows the Lord and that he trusts in Jesus Christ as a savior and he won't have diabetes one day. And that's mm -hmm. just such a beautiful picture. Um, I think. Um, so that's, that was kind of the turning point um, for me. Yes. Agreed. And I know that too, you've talked about like feeling frustrated with the system, not being able to do the job that you want to do and really help people and educate people, um, and the way that you feel is fit for them and feeling frustrated that, uh, I, you know, and you talked about too, we can put our health above the Lord in some sense. And, and I think that's, it's very easy to get that those priorities, um, kind of mixed up and it's like, well, you know, but being able to see that our, what is the goal and, and the word salvation to itself, the based part of itself is though a word for health. And so like mm -hmm. we find our health in the salvation of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, his timing may not always be our timing, but he does promise full healing and it may not be in this life. And, and that's hard. Um, but that's also faith. And so faith being a gift. And that, that's why that woman was made well. He says, daughter, mm -hmm. your faith has made you well. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, like we aren't always promised that physical healing, but we are promised salvation when we come to Jesus. And so, um, when we reach out to him, like she physically, she sought him out 
Mm-hmm. She reached out to him, even when it looked like he was being surrounded by others. That didn't stop her. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I know too, in your story, you've talked about your husband feeling, feeling guilty when it came to how to um, take care of himself with his diabetes and managing diabetes. And mm-hmm. now he's in a good place. So how can you speak to those who right now are, um, maybe they are in a bigger body and they're, they want to steer their health well. Um, how do they do that? How do they manage their diabetes well without like strict dieting, without having to lose weight first? What are some of the things that they can do that honors God in a way that also takes care of their body? Yeah. Well, I will say it's still a struggle. Like I, we have by no means perfected the craft, right? Um, it's, it's a daily battle for sure. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with, um, it, it for sure has to do with where your heart is first and foremost. Um, I think, um, for Cagney, sometimes the struggle is, um, eating for comfort as we all do. And, um, and so, you know, I think trying to find your comfort in the Lord is a, is a good starting place. Um, and you know, it's going to be individualized too. Mm -hmm. It's going to depend on the person. Um, there's a lot of noise on shoulds and shouldn'ts in the healthcare world. And, um, I think it really comes down to the individual and really paying attention to, um, how certain things affect your body. Um, so like for Cagney, like one thing he loves ice cream and we both love ice cream. And so, um, for us, like that was one thing it's like, it's just not worth it to give up ice cream. Like we know it's going to make his blood sugar high. Um, but he really enjoys it. And I think food is still one of the good gifts that God gives us. Um, and I don't think because he has diabetes, that means he needs to be deprived of all things that are good, <laughs> um, all things that he enjoys, you know, but it's a balance, right? And um, and I think that's true for people with lots of different chronic illnesses, um, not even just diabetes, but it's a balance between enjoying God's good gifts and um, and also remembering that this is not our final home and this is not our forever body and, um, but still trying to be a good steward of, Mm -hmm. of what he has given us. And so I think if you're, um, if you're noticing certain things are, are feeling harmful in your body, then that's certainly a sign to step away. Um, if you, um, if you get a lot of joy from a certain food, then, but it still has harmful effects in your body, then I think you, you just pray, you know, and, and go back to God about, um, you know, how, how should I navigate this? Because God cares about these things too. I mean, we see that really clearly in this story with the woman, he did heal her from that disease, you know, Mm -hmm. and he saw how much of a heartbreak that was. And, um, and he cares deeply mm. about these things. And so I think it's okay to ask God those questions. I think God mm. is powerful enough to give us discernment on the shoulds and shouldn'ts um, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for example, if your husband loves to eat ice cream, but has, it raises his blood sugar, mm-hmm. um, is there something that he does 
to balance that out, like, and also eating fiber or, you know, ways that he can still enjoy those things, but manage diabetes in a safe way. Certainly, certainly. Um, he can, he's for sure, um, will pre-calculate how many carbs he's going to eat and make sure he gives the appropriate amount of insulin for it. Um, sometimes he'll time it to where, you know, maybe he's just exercised and he knows his blood sugar is on the way down. So he's going to eat at that point. Um, so yeah, there's lots of practical ways to, to still enjoy those things, um, safely. Um, and, um, I think it's hard too, because he could still just do all of the right things with his blood sugar. He could eat none of the ice cream. He could eat, you know, all salads and all, you know, things that have low carbs <laughs> and, um, he, his blood sugar might still go up. There's other reasons that blood sugar goes up that, um, you know, he might be really stressed out about something. And, um, at that point it can be super frustrating. It's like, I did all the right things. Why am I still going high? And, um, again, I think that's where we find our hope back in the Lord. And, um, certainly we pay attention to it and we, give insulin and all those practical things, but, um, it's super easy to drown in guilt, um, about it. Um, just mm -hmm. when blood sugar goes high or goes low, it's like easy to blame yourself. And, um, and I think a lot of times the medical world wants to, uh, not wants to maybe, um, instigates some of that guilt and fear around health. And I think it's largely because many healthcare practitioners don't have that same eternal perspective of, um, you know, this isn't our forever body. And so there's a lot of push to care for your body um, extremely meticulously. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing to be meticulous. Um, that, that's a great thing, you know, if that works for you, but if it's causing you so much stress on the back end and giving you an ulcer, trying to make sure your blood sugar is perfect all the mm -hmm. time, that's not, that's not good either. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's a balance of a lot of things. And it's, it's like I said before, it's, it's a daily battle for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and Cagney sees it a lot with the, with the kids that he works with too. And, and I see it in my middle schoolers. I have a few diabetics as well and other kids with chronic illness and they want to be like just every other kid. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's important, you know, um, have the cupcake when the kid has the birthday party, you know, like we don't need to hyper control every little thing and take all the fun out of, you know, and do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I think, and what I hear you saying is that, yes, if you, if you do have diabetes, there are ways to support that with diet, but there's no guarantee that everything you do will control it in a way exactly. that is favorable. And so, uh, don't, and, and I think that we say this a lot too in Joyful Health is, and this is what I experience of being on the clean eating train and being so stressed about it, that it, that pursuit of health, um, overshadowed most things in my life, including my re relationships. Um, and I was also cutting out food groups, which meant I was missing out on nutrients. And so not only was I 
socially unhealthy, but you know, health is a lot. (laughs) It includes our physical health, but it also includes our relations. I mean, we are body, spirit, and mind. And so health can't be separated, um, for in one of those. And so being able to recognize that. And it's like, if, if we're pursuing, um, the complete reversal of diabetes at the expense of another area of health, then is that healthy? And so, um, so yeah, being able to zoom out and see the big picture is very important. And then I think that allows you and frees you up to, um, focus and to be meticulous if that is what you need to be. And, or, you know, to be able to, to change and adapt, um, according to your body's needs versus just digging your heels in and, and, you know, going hard and, and then, and then losing sight of, of the big picture. So, um, so when you say to that, when you're a nurse and you wanted to be able to educate people in a way that was helpful for them, if, um, if you were meeting with a client now as a health coach and they, were worried about their diabetes and also being in a larger body. And a lot of our clients, um, get the advice from doctors that they have to lose weight. And that's like the best way for them to manage a lot of chronic health conditions versus being able to, um, engage in other health behaviors. And so they kind of feel stuck of like, well, I, I'm trying to lose weight and I can't, or, I feel like this has become my everything and, but I'm still, you know, not in a healthy spot. So what would you say to the person, um, who is in a bigger body and also has diabetes? How would you educate them in a way that supports them where they're at? Yeah. Um, it, it for sure depends on the person and, and what is specifically going on with them. Um, I think, it's hard when you make the focus something like weight, um, because that's not always helpful and that's not always the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think a lot of times it sort of puts a lot of guilt on people and it makes it even harder to engage, I think in, uh, more, um, positive health behaviors, Mm -hmm. um, because if they don't have that one behavior or don't do that one thing one day, one time, Oh, I just messed everything up. And now I'm back to square one. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of time. I see it a lot in patients where it's all or nothing, where I'm going to control every little thing. And now I'm stressed and a wreck because of it, or there's no way I can do this. And I'm, I'm just going to give up. You know, I see that a lot where there's that dichotomy. Um, and I would strive for more balance. Um, and I think that the perspective that, um, that our, all of our bodies are broken, it sounds kind of morbid, but it does help, (laughs) um, in some ways where, um, you know, we, we will have a redeemed body one day. So if you can't achieve that perfectly now, it's okay. Like, I don't think God is expecting that. And I don't think, um, that, um, 
is a moral issue at that point. You know what I mean? I think it's easy to make these decisions. Uh, well, I messed up and I'm a terrible person. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, no, you're navigating this really hard thing um, and trying to figure out how to, how to, how to balance everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would strive for balance first and figure out how we can build in more, more margin um, and more flexibility instead of being so rigid one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and just um, trying to be more in tune with, well, what is my body saying? Cause diabe- diabetic bodies are still intuitive bodies. You know, Cagney knows when his blood sugar is high and he doesn't like the feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure any diabetic out there would tell you the same um, and same with lows. It doesn't, it's not a good feeling. Um, those are cues, you know, to, mm-hmm. to pay attention to. And, um, yeah, I think those are some of the ways. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that line is that diabetic bodies are still intuitive bodies. And, and even when like for, for Cagney, he can feel when his blood sugar is too high, he can feel when his blood sugar is too low and that's not a good feeling. And so, and I think when we are coaching people towards like hunger and fullness cues, for example, um, and they've got, you can get so out of touch with your own cues because you've been relying on an external program or someone else's mm-hmm. rules for so long that you don't really know what it feels like to feel good in your body because a almost a, the baseline is just, you're not really paying attention. And so it's like, well, what is, what is good and bad? And, but so what would you say is kind of the starting place for learning how to tune into your body when it comes to like blood sugar, for example? So you're asking how to pay attention to when your like blood sugar feels high or low. Yeah. Is there something that like he has described as feeling this way or that way? Yeah. That so can- I think the the first step is to for sure make sure that, um, you can feel what it's like to be in a normal range. Um, cause there is for sure the phenomenon where if you live at a higher blood sugar, um, you may not notice if it's high, um, because your body is used to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, definitely making sure that you get used to what it feels like to be in a normal range. Um, and at that point, um, it's, um, it is a little bit different for different people, but, um, high blood sugars, Cagney gets really irritated. (laughs) That's one of the things. Um, he always describes it as he feels like trash (laughs) because his body just doesn't feel good. Um, it, uh, it's hard to describe people describe it different ways. Um, some people feel nauseous, some people get headaches. Um, Mm -hmm. some people like Cagney just feel really irritable. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways. And those are some of the more common ones. Um, mm-hmm. And low blood sugars um, are more obvious for most people. Um, even you or I might, you might be able to tell me what the low blood sugar experience feels like. You can feel really shaky or um, sweaty, clammy, kind of jittery. Um, and um, yeah, so the body, especially with blood sugar, I think tends to make it pretty apparent. Um, if, if it's not used to being at an abnormal level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really helpful as to, to know, well, what does it feel like when you are in your normal range? How do you feel? And to be able to notice that 
And then you can kind of see, well, oh, I'm feeling a little bit out of whack. Um, So, yeah, I really like that. And and I think I can compare it to um, a chronic sleep deprivation. And when Mm. two summers ago, I allowed myself to sleep in past a lot, like I didn't set alarms and just how much sleep does my body need? I'm just, I need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And so allowing myself time to be able to do that um, a few times over the summer really changed my outlook on how much sleep I needed because I felt good and yeah. I didn't know how bad I felt until I knew how good it could feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's interesting with kids too. Like um, I had one little girl who was chronically high. And, um, when she started coming back to school, we got her blood sugar kind of more back in range. And she used to tell me, I feel kind of low and we check her blood sugar and she was in normal range. And it's like, no, this is what it feels like to not be high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, so she started to learn that. And then, um, a lot of times they could tell me like, I think I feel high or I feel, think I feel low. Um, Mm -hmm. really it's very intuitive feeling being able to feel, um, what higher low blood sugars feel like. Yeah. And, and that's empowering too. Oh yeah. To know, Oh, I, I can feel this and now I know what I need and I can move towards that. And, you know, to be able to think about God being the source of joy in life, like Mm -hmm. that's how we kind of move towards him. And is when we discover our need and we're aware of that, that actually empowers us to, want to move to, towards Jesus and a healing relationship and towards life itself. And so, so yeah, I, I like the, the parallels there. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> I would love to be able to talk more, but I know that if people do have more questions or, or if they feel like I didn't get the education that I want and I'm surrounded by lots of noise when it comes to diabetes education, um, what, what maybe is is one tip that you can leave um, for the listeners today. And then we'll talk about how we can, how they can work with you individually. Um, but if someone wants to kind of experience freedom in this area of managing their diabetes, what's something that one thing that you can tell them? Yeah. So I, um, I read a book called just do something by Kevin DeYoung, and it's really about discerning God's will for our lives. Um, but I wanted to read a quote from this book that I felt like kind of speaks to this situation as well. Um, he, um, he says on page 59, um, simply put God's will is your growth and Christ likeness. God promises to work all things together for our good, that we might be conformed to the image of his son, which is from Romans 8, 28 through 29. And the degree to which this sounds like a lame promise is the degree to which we prefer the stones and scorpions of this world to the true bread from heaven, um, which comes from Matthew 7, 9 through 11. God never assures us of health, success, or ease, but he promises us something even better. He promises to make us loving, pure, and humble like Christ. Mm. In short, God's will is that you and I get happy and holy in Jesus. Mm. So I just felt like, um, cause it is really hard and all the noise to navigate what's right. And it can be easy to feel kind of paralyzed by it. And, you know, I, I don't know how to take care of this huge illness and it feel, it can feel really overwhelming for patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just going back to God wants to make us loving, pure and humble like Christ. And 
he's going to use that process. He's going to use diabetes or whatever chronic illness you may be struggling with um, to do that. Mm. Um, And so I think that gives us a lot of freedom as we step out and make choices um, specific to um, our own bodies. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. God's will is your growth in Christ likeness and that he doesn't promise us these other very specific things, but he promises us to make us loving, pure, and humble like Christ. I am so thankful for that. And that really just kind of opens, <laughs> opens up the possibilities of what he can and, and will do through, um, the things that we're struggling with, you know, these thorns in our flesh, so to speak. So, um, Ellie, where can people find you if they would like to work with you? Yeah. So, um, right now I can be found at my email, um, Ellie, E-L-L-I-E at madewellhealthcoaching.com. Um, and I'd love for people to reach out, um, say, hi, tell me your story. I'd love to know, um, just how it's going. Um, and if I can help, I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. And then we will also have this in our blog post with all the information and resources too. So if you didn't get a chance to write that down, if you're driving or just on the go, then um, we'll have that available for you to be able to email her and get in touch. Um, so Ellie, would you do the honor of, of praying for each person who's listening? I would love to. Thank you. Heavenly father. Um, I just thank you so much, um, for, um, Joyful Health Co. and um, just for the mission of bringing you into conversations about um, health and how to navigate um, some of these really hard and challenging things. Um, and I pray for the listener today who is um, dealing with this right now. And I just pray that you would give them peace. Um, I pray that they would hear your voice the loudest um, out of all the noise of the should and the should not do. Um, that your um, will and your Holy Spirit would speak the loudest. Um, God, we know that you are loving and we're so thankful for Jesus um, who sees and knows very deeply um, the suffering that we go through. Um, And I just pray that you would um, give discernment um, and wisdom on the right steps to take. Um, And I pray that your Holy Spirit would um, help us to lean into the bodies that you've created, um, help us to understand what our bodies are telling us and, um, to act in a way that is stewarding, um, your good gifts. Um, Lord, we love you so much. Um, I thank you, um, for who you are. Um, and it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I also, I just heard this on another podcast, but if you're listening to this and this itself feels like a lot of information, um, when you end this podcast episode, just take a moment to end prayer with God yourself and just ask God, what do you want me to do with this information? So to be able to not just receive it, but to be able to respond to it. So, um, that's my encouragement for you today after this ends. So, um, until next time though, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Quick question for you. Have you gone through my aligned devotional yet? It's a seven week guide to help you return to God's perfect peace in an anxious world. I talked about it on the podcast during the launch earlier this year, but I feel like this might be a good time to reintroduce you to this study 
so that you can have a firm foundation of peace before walking into the upcoming holiday season. And if you're like me and even thinking about it makes you feel like a little bit stressed, a little bit tense, then this could be a really good way to let go of what we don't need and what doesn't belong to us and hold on to what God has given us. And that is peace in Christ. So I recently went through it again with a few friends and one of them asked us to pray for her job each week. She ended up going through five rounds of interviews over the course of our study together. And ultimately she didn't get that job that she was hoping for. But because she had been practicing how to do her best and trust God with the rest, she wasn't crushed. She didn't despair. She really did trust God's plan and in turn was able to rest in his peace. And there was a calm about her that wasn't there before. So I don't know what's going on in your life or what the Lord may have for you in the near future, but I do believe that this study will help you know how to come back to the peace that's already yours in the Lord. It will help you each week center in on the promises that God does make to us and help us rest in those for our hope and our life. Um, you can find the seven-week study and the video series that goes along with it at joyfulhealth.co slash aligned. You can buy that video series for yourself and as an individual or for a group at a lower cost. And if you start next week, you will be done before Thanksgiving. So don't wait, grab a friend, and let's get aligned. Hey, congrats. If you are hearing this, that means you've made it to the finish line. Give yourself a high five for me. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope and pray this episode has blessed you so that you can more fully enjoy God, glorifying him and blessing others. If you want to talk about this episode with more Joyful Health friends, join our free Facebook community. Head to joyfulhealth.co slash podcast and get connected with us there. Before you move on with your day, would you consider taking a moment with the Lord in prayer to process what you have heard in the podcast? Ask God what he is revealing to you about himself and what you can do in response. And for all my regular listeners, thank you in advance for writing a review and sharing this podcast with someone else who is tired of the wellness rules and is ready to rest in God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power for their health. A big giant thank you to all our podcast guests and to my husband Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. It takes a village and we are glad that you are a part of ours.